0: Tom Bernard show
1: with
2: co-host Catherine Brandt, Mike Molina,
1: Andy Brandt-Bernard, Dave Schrader,
0: and the Hackmaster, Robert of MD.
3: And we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Jeff Belanger, joining us right after this Tom Bernard show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's
4: the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt Then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company. And they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. It's
3: been good. It's been good, ladies and (laughs) gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you?
4: uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Remember, remember the 5th of December. It's Krampus
1: Night here again. Remember, remember the fifth of December. Bad kids will meet their end. Oh, <laughs> what? To Bad kids will meet their end. Well, that'll
3: happen, you know. Especially in Germany. Is that where Krampus was invented? Was it in Germany? Jeff Balanger with us. How you doing, Jeff?
5: I'm doing great and happy Krampusnacht to all of you. Krampusnacht. Nacht. Jawohl. So,
3: so is Krampus a? Is that a German character or figure?
5: Figure, character, how, invention—how dare you use such words? No, I don't mean.
3: I meant guy. <laughs> he hails from Evil being. Yes. Is he a German guy? There, yes. That's
5: a better way to yes. put it. He does. He hails from Germany and Germanic uh, folklore uh, for sure. Yeah, because they don't. He, use... He's spread throughout the throughout the world really at this point.
3: And I will tell you something, Jeff. My mother was 100 percent German, and those Germans are just never known to punish children. <laughs> <laughs> you sure she was German? Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, she was German, all right.
5: Yeah. No, I, I think the if you look at the old Brothers Grimm Tales, I mean the original. If yes. you think of Cinderella, you think of what Disney showed you. The original Grimm Tales are brutal. Uh, for example, the original Cinderella story, mm-hmm. where the stepsisters are trying to squeeze their shoot their feet into the glass slipper right. in the Disney version. In the Grimm version, one of them cuts her toes off and fills it with blood. Yep. In there. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, they're very brutal. This was the original, and, mm-hmm. and you know we kind of whitewashed that over the years, and...
1: And then at the Krampus end, is, doesn't Cinderella turn into like a pumpkin?
5: She. Uh, <laughs> or
1: something to that effect.
5: Her uh, her carriage uh, turned into the
1: pumpkin. Oh, she turned <laughs> does she something bad happens to her at the end, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, she turns back into just a you know a common girl without the, the fancy clothes and everything. Uh, else. So what she she, mean, never,
1: she just didn't get the princes all.
5: Yeah, um, yeah. Those those original stories. I think you know back in the eighteen hundreds, these stories, these folklore and legends. They were very brutal, they were very black and white, and that was the world that they lived in. Uh-huh. Yeah. And over over time, we've really toned that down. Um, but the good news is, these legends, which I believe are living, breathing things in and of themselves, they can come back. They can, And they yeah. are coming back. Krampus is an example of that. I mean, a Hollywood movie was released nationwide a couple of years ago. Uh, that alone tells you that he's pop- popular enough that he's making a comeback.
6: There are now Krampus action figures, popcoaches. Really? Oh, there are a new one of those, you know, those little uh, fun pop characters. The little ki- they've got a Krampus figure that just came out from that.
2: Oh, I didn't know that either. But
6: I, I, I love the whole Krampus storyline because to me, it's like you find out uh, he's actually buddies with Santa Claus. Santa, he sends Krampus out as kind of his uh, mob enforcer, (laughs) so that by the time Santa hits the ground running, he doesn't have to worry who's good and bad. Krampus has cleared
0: the way. Oh,
2: nice. It's
5: the original good cop, bad cop. It really is.
0: And and Krampus looks like he's a little bit like a satyr, half goat. Yeah,
5: he's covered in fur. He's got hooves for feet. He's he's got horns. He's got a long red forked tongue. The chains rattle as he approaches, and he stuffs kids into either a burlap sack or a basket. And there were dozens and dozens of different uh, postcard designs that came out between the 1860s and the 1900s. This was like sending Christmas cards back then. It's it's the reminder of the consequence of the season.
3: You know, you just, until you got to the part about the kids, you were describing me. (laughs) Well, (laughs) big and hairy and cloven foot. Big and hairy and cloven (laughs) hoof. At the seven-foot tongue, you know the whole deal. It's uh, you know I, I I'm big into uh, horror films. I like horror. I don't I don't like slasher films. Like just you know stab them up and slit throats and all. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I I like you know kind of jump out scary things. Um, and if they if they're going to be brutal, they show a little bit of it and then you know cut away to the shadows or the of the characters or whatever. I just love how people want there to be things in the world. And it's pretty much in every culture, isn't it, Jeff, that the people want there to be demons in the world. Why is that?
5: Because there are demons in the world. I mean, think about... Well, I, you, know, you know, Schrader's
3: right here. You can't... No, remember. I know, right? you got Schrader.
5: But, I mean, think about serial killers. Think about Hitler. Think about, you know, people. There are monsters in our world. There were monsters in our world back then, too. And and these representations help us kind of come to grips with that. And, and I think... What, 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 a, what a legend is, is it really is a living, breathing thing. If I say Bigfoot to you, there's a picture in your head that you, you know where he lives, yes, you know where he's yes. From, and all that stuff, you know, and, and, and as with so many other things. And our belief in the thing makes it real in a very tangible way. And so when we have Krampus, we've got this consequence of the season. Yeah. Do you, do you know any kids that got coal or sticks in their stocking as a kid? Well, no. our son Andy's
3: right here, so Andy, right. did you ever get <laughs> the coal or sticks? I did not. I didn't think so.
5: Yeah. So, so that's not, I mean, that's not much of a consequence. And in fact, during some periods of time, if you were poor and cold, coal was great. It could warm you up for a little while. So Krampus is the ultimate consequence. If you're not good, you die.
3: (laughs) 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 Very clear cut. It It is Krampus. (laughs) I love the fact that there's a Krampus day. December 5th is Krampus day. And is it Krampus or Krampus?
5: Krampus, I guess, would be a little more Germanic. Mm. And, and the reason that today, December 5th, is Krampus Day is because tomorrow, December 6th, is St. Nicholas Day. Oh, Europe. yeah, yeah. Saint- and that's where this comes from. So St. Nicholas comes tomorrow, and today is, is Krampus knock So if, you sur- if you're if you a kid and you somehow survive tonight, and imagine going to bed, Tom, um, and you're, you're, you're running through all your sins of the last year. You're going, oh, man. I was oh, Catherine does yet, that for me. Broke that vase, and I did this, and I did, oh, man, oh, right. man, will I make it? And then if you wake up the next day, you're good for another year.
3: Well, see, that's a good thing because Krampus did not come and get me because I've spent 48 years in radio. I should be punished for that.
5: <laughs> well, the, the night is young. It well, is. that's true.
2: I wonder how They'll many to parents meet. took the opportunity to throw their, kid, their bad kid off a cliff. Ooh, <laughs> Seriously, that's true. I bet it
1: happened.
5: Wow, yeah. I bet it happened. This is the Christmas spirit. It's a little dark. Here we go, Catherine. Holy cow. Andy, I'd go home right now if I
6: were you. You just made Jeff Belanger, the lead investigative uh, researcher for Ghost Adventures, go,
3: wow,
2: yeah. nicely
6: done. You creeped him out. <laughs> I'm a little nervous.
3: You know it happens. Jeff, I always think about this, and, and you, had made the, that kid. you had made the reference earlier. I love the fact that, and I do it. Everybody does it. Uh, they go, oh, you know, there's this, there's that, there's Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was the greatest thing that ever happened to Chairman Mao because Mao killed 80 million people, <laughs> and everybody still go, well, Hitler. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait a minute, I killed 68 million fewer people than Mao did. Uh, yeah, well,
5: I guess it's not a competition, right? How no, I guess it's, it's not. Thank <laughs> God. You know, there are monsters among us. Is, is the point. And, and there are monsters that have killed just, you know, a, a half dozen people, but they did it in brutal ways. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer and Son of Sam. And, you know, th- these things come up. And that's, that's a, it's a scary world we live in. And I think especially children are trying to come to grips with the safety of living in your home where your parents take care of everything and keep you safe. That's their number one job. To also getting you ready for a world that's not so safe. That you're going to have to leave yes. the nest. And you're going to have yes. to be able to cope with yourself knowing that there are demons out there. And Jeff Krampus helps with that.
3: I really like the fact that you have a sense of humor about this. You spend a lot of time studying this and getting to know the, the subject, but you have a sense of humor about it, so I have to tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. The, uh, weird. Kevin Meaney was in, in studio on my morning show the day that the Jeffrey Dahmer crimes were revealed. So as the news is coming in, Kevin Meany, who was unfortunately no longer with us, he actually killed himself, to tell you the truth. But... He said one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. We're sitting there, these horrendous reports are coming through about heads being found in the refrigerator and, you know, organs on the stove and the whole deal, right? And they're going on and on and on. And Kevin Meaney hasn't said much. So there's a little bit of a break in me. Kevin Meaney says, can you imagine, Tom, if you're like the, the landlord in that building? The cops take Dahmer away, they haul out all that stuff, and you go in, you open the door, and you go... All this carpet's gotta go. <laughs> Never too
2: soon, Kevin Meany. Never
5: exactly. Unbelievable. <laughs> I got two minutes on my watch. What do you got? that's amazing. You know, I I grew up
3: Roman Catholic, and and Catholics love to believe in demons. First of all, yeah. Is it more than any other religion, or do do all religions believe that in their own special demons?
5: Yeah, there are, there are. I mean, the, the Muslims have the jinn and uh, yeah. the Dybbuk and the Jewish faith, and uh, the Hinduism has got plenty as well. But I was raised Catholic as well, and boy, we've got a whole spectrum, right? We've got God and the devil. We've got angels. We've got demons. We've got <laughs> saints. We've got sinners. We've got purgatory. I mean, there is, that's the, it, we're all, that's the whole spectrum of, of everything. And I think, I was being raised Catholic. That probably made me more prone to believe in this kind of stuff because I was exposed to these ideas from such a young age.
3: I I have friends I never did, but I have friends who I, who I, I grew up with, Roman Catholic people. There are a couple of Italians on my morning show that I do, and they believe in uh, you know psychics and they believe in devils and angels. They actually they these are grown people and they they do believe still in that stuff. They were raised Catholic and they and they believe it. Tread lightly, Bernard.
6: What? <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. they like Dave
6: sitting across from you. Those guys, and they're adults, cool. and they believe in this stuff. No, no, no. What I'm saying is... <laughs>
5: well, no, but I, well, let, me, let me bring it back to Krampus, right? So what's the point of good if there is no evil? Well, you're right. right. What's the point of God without the devil? That is I mean, a problem. It's, it's, a, it's a quandary. You have to choose good. That's, that's the tenet of, of most major religions. You have to make the... The free will choice to choose good things because evil temptation is always out there
3: that is very true also one of the greatest things i've ever seen in my life is a poster of a uh, young guy who's just scored a touchdown playing in a football game and he's looking up at the sky and praying to God and thanking Jesus for the touchdown. And the other half of the poster is Jesus was with feet up watching a hockey game. <laughs> I love that stuff. But I, 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 I've i always been one, and Catherine, my, my wife, is here. Hello. And she'll tell you that if I get a chance to go see a horror film, I'll do it in a minute because I enjoy them. And that's all the way from, I, I don't know anything will ever top Psycho, but of course, I was only 11 years old when that movie came out, so it kind of freaked me out. There's Damn. no doubt about that. But I love that. So see, I love going to movies and being scared. Stabbing stuff doesn't scare
6: me. Sure. Well, Did't they I'm, with the Krampus thing, though, too? I mean, what's, what's kind of a fascinating aspect? Didn't they actually kind of outlaw Krampus, Jeff, for oh, a long did. time, where you just because it became such a powerful um, fear? Mm. Place that they actually they stopped talking about it and giving it any power for a number of years?
5: Well, f- for example, I can tell you something that happened uh, three days ago where okay. I live in Massachusetts. There was a Krampus festival planned for this weekend, Uh-oh. and the church got it shut down because this is the Christmas devil. And I so badly wanted to sit down and talk with the, the priest, pastor, who, Monsignor, whoever it was that, that did this, to say, Krampus is actually on your side. You know? <laughs> 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 you, you, you don't quite get this, but like he's the consequence. Like I, I think you should be more against Santa Claus than Krampus if I had to pick one. But I'm not in charge of religions, probably for a really good reason.
6: But mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff, leave <laughs> the abuse of children to the religious leaders, Diferous. not some demonic force.
5: Right, but, that's, but you know what I'm saying? I, th- I think if, if you look at Krampus, he looks like a Satan figure. And, and yes. I get that that's scary, and that's the point. <laughs> but if you look at his story, that's, uh, that he, you know, the angel of death. That that legend, the angel of death is not evil. The angel of death just is doing a a job that is really a bad job and a job no one wants. But that doesn't make it an evil character. Mm. And I think Krampus is the same way. Krampus is just the enforcer. He didn't commit the sins. He's just enforcing the punishment.
3: I like the idea. I am Krampus.
5: Yeah, (laughs) I love the idea
3: of Krampus. That's what the enforcer. That's a good thing. You know, I I tell you something, and, and I think Catherine knows this, and she's probably the only one in the room that knows this. But when I was very, very young, um, 10, 12 years old, somewhere in that, in that area, I contemplated the devil for the very first time. I didn't really think much about it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, the devil. That's right. There's angels, and there's the devil, and there's Jesus, and there's all this other stuff. But I actually thought about it in depth for the first time, and it almost brought me to tears thinking that there could be a being, the devil. Is there any more lonely or sad or isolated being on Earth than the devil? How
5: sad is that? Well, I don't know. All my dead friends are probably with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably. You
6: know, out. With that said, Tom, there's a great scene. It's a bad movie overall, but there's a, a movie that came out called Dracula Two Thousand. Oh, I remember that. Where yeah. Dracula is kind of reawoken, right? And you finally hear the backstory. And spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you what it comes out to be. And they, they had a genius aspect for who Dracula really was. Mm-hmm. And they bring it back past Vlad the Impaler. It turns out he's Judas Iscariot. Oh, see. And the reason he hung himself at uh, nightfall, so that's why he can never see the sun again. Yes. And silver is offensive to him because he traded mm. the Christ for 13 pieces I of like silver. It. And he's got this deal. And at the end, he's. Like you're saying that the devil's the loneliest guy on earth. Judas is on the roof, Dracula, and he's he's yelling at God, and he goes, "Why am I being punished? It was foretold. I did my job." Yeah, and he's like just outraged at this whole thing. I see this. That uh, that's that's like the best part of it. You're like, holy crap, that's really impressive. See, you know that they thought that far out of of who this character would be and why he does what he does. That's why I love
3: it. That's why I love it so much. But, but it did. I thought, my God, it made me very sad to think that somebody was that isolated and that miserable. You know? It it, it was it really bothered me. And Jeff, then you got into radio. Then I got into radio, <laughs> and I was really miserable. Uh, we're going to be back in about two minutes. Is that is all right with you, Jeff? You got it. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your MyPillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one MyPillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. When you care about your job, you care about the job you do. At Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, they hire the best people, treat them right, and they treat you right when you call to schedule an appointment. Bryant Furnaces and Air Conditioners and the Saber Blue Maintenance Plan are as good as it gets. This is Tom Bernard for Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Visit SaberHeating.com for special savings on air conditioners. Plus get more information on their Saber Blue Maintenance Plan. Saber and Bryant. Whatever it takes Running with the devil see now. There's a Sicilian right there playing that Jeff Mike Molina Playing running with the devil as a theme song for this segment. I love that Jeff Belanger with us ladies and gentlemen uh, all your accomplishments, great accomplishments. Uh, Dave's been telling me all about you for, for a while can, now.
6: Can I mention for him, too, he hosts a weekly podcast, it's one of these micro-podcasts. Mm-hmm. They're like 6 to 12 minutes long. Yes. And it's com. And he goes into these different legends that are really amazing, and he does it in a fun, entertaining way. And, again, they're not something that's going to take up your whole day. But you can find it at OurNewEnglandLegends.com and keep up with uh, all the all the stories behind the history.
3: Now, Jeff, can you find anybody still working at PBS? Because they all got fired, didn't they?
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You know, PBS. It's uh, I've been doing projects for them. It's, it's a, I'm a stringer, really. It's an independent producer, so wonderful. I don't, yeah, I don't work for them, but they they right. play our stuff, and um, you know, and with that comes a budget of you know zero, really. <laughs> so. Um, it's some of these projects you do because they're passion projects and some of them you do to make a living and and I'm blessed that I get to do so many different things
3: that is a wonderful thing you published in six languages as well that's very impressive
5: so you know I, I write books and like Dave said the podcast so what this all comes down to is I'm really fascinated with the backstory of everything you know and the Christmas thing for me started about four or five years ago I was hanging my wreath on the front door and I went, why am I doing this? And it, it wasn't like I was in some <laughs> Grinch moment or anything. I just went, well, wh- my, I know my dad put a wreath on our door, and my grandfathers did. And, and it looks nice. It's pleasant. I, I love the holiday season. I really do. But why the wreath? And then yeah. you start going back, and you learn, like, well, the Nordic people, they would look out at this bleak nan- landscape and see that winter kills everything. Everything. All the trees, the plants, the, the flowers, everything, except the evergreen the evergreen must be imbibed with magic. The holly bush must be magical. It's more powerful right, than winter. Right. So they'd put these pine needle boughs over their doors and windows because those prickly needles would keep out the evil spirits during the, the long winter. And we still do it, and we don't even know why. And I'm like, now I love when I hang my wreaths. I'm keeping out evil spirits. I'm keeping the good spirit and good cheer inside. I think this is a great thing, and we, just, we don't even know why. We just do these things because our parents did it. But there's a backstory.
3: Yeah, I mean, it it brings great joy to people about bringing, yes, their life will return. You bring the tree indoors and, uh, you know. That's a
2: weird one. I mean, really, to bring a tree inside is a little weird.
5: To kill it (laughs) and bring it in. (laughs) To kill it and bring it in. Well, there's there's a reason, though. I mean, so, so that evergreen represents something more powerful than winter. And then this is, so many of our traditions come from the festival Yule from the Scandinavian part of the world. Right. And this Yule took place on the winter solstice and it, it was it was a time when they would all drink from the drinking horn they would share it with each other and the idea is that we're all equal because let's face it in that part of the world just like in your part of the world it, winters can be long and bleak and my roof may collapse and I might need to seek shelter with you and vice versa and, and we're gonna need to, to get through this together and, and I think that's that's a good thing that's a good tradition to carry over you know year after it year, is. and that's that's why we we keep that stuff around and same with the evergreen yep. it's a sacred bush, it's a sacred uh tree and and if and we honor that we honor we honor nature, and if nothing else, you may need it to burn for firewood
3: well and to tell you the truth, as far as growing up a little boy in Minnesota as soon as I saw the Christmas tree, I thought, oh great, we're only eight months away from spring so <laughs>
0: right. so so why is the why is the sexual ha- harassment uh uh, a plant, uh, the mistletoe. How has that come in, come to be? Yeah, think about that's, that.
5: That's a great story. I'm glad you asked. So, mistletoe, uh, the the legend behind it is there's the Norse god Frigg, who yep. was the wife of Odin. Odin's the the big chief who would ride through the sky on an eight legged horse and have a big white beard, eight legs, white beard, flying through the sky around solstice. Just saying. Well, I get that. And so just the. <laughs> Oh, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Wait, did, did I go too quick? <laughs> so, uh, so the goddess Frigg, her son is Baldar, the, the, the god of Summer Sun, and he dreams of his own death, and he sees this as a prophecy, and so Frigg tells all the, the world of the earth, the sky, and water that no harm can befall her son. But the evil god Loki finds a loophole in this, And the loophole is mistletoe. Because mistletoe doesn't grow in the water, on the earth, or in the sky. It's a parasite that grows on a tree. So he takes the poisonous mistletoe, puts it on an arrow, gives it to the blind god of winter, and says, Hey, aim that way. And it kills Baldar. And for three days, number three, significant, uh, all the creatures of the earth, the, the sky and the water, try to bring him back to life, but no one's able to, except his mother. The goddess Frigg cries and cries over him and her tears hit his body and bring him back to life, and those tears turn to pearly white balls on the mistletoe. And she determines that because this happened, that there can never be any harm to anyone who stands under the mistletoe, and you have to give a, a token kiss of love uh, instead, as a, as a symbol that there will be no harm to anyone who stands under but the
0: mistletoe. That sounds like the ring cycle. What a story.
1: Is it part <laughs> of the ring? There's a lot of uh, very, very... I, mean, I, I really feel like Tolkien got a lot of his ideas from Norse Norse mythology. No question. Because a lot well, of, of that, course. Ragnarok, and um, you know the uh, the uh, what's 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 the name of the wolf? I can't remember. Beowulf. No. Uh, no. <laughs> There's a wolf gotcha. that's supposed to. He's he's supposed to you know kill Odin during the final battle at Ragnarok, oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. That's. It was really. It was definitely the first um, fantasy book i would say
5: well when you when you heard about krampus did you say to yourself boy this why does this sound just slightly familiar and then you start thinking you know you're a mean one mr grinch <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> like, i mean that's living in a, a cave up there you know his, when his when his green hair turns to like a horn at one point when he smiles he goes huh it's
1: krampus uh,
2: jeff jeff would you rather meet the uh, the french christmas cannibal or krampus
5: <laughs> I think Krampus <laughs> would be more interesting to like have a beer with. If I had <laughs> to have a beer with I, I mean, cannibals aren't interesting; they're just gross. The Christmas yeah, just, you
1: cannibal. Know. What the heck?
5: Well, you know, and also if, if if Krampus is too much for you, Germans also have der Yeah, bless you. Yes, they do. Thank you. <laughs>
6: And what does Der Belschnickel do? (laughs) Der
5: Belschnickel translates to Nicholas and Furs. And what Nicholas and Furs does is each village would have one. And he shows up, he's covered in soot, he's covered in furs, and he carries a switch of sticks. And unlike Krampus, he's not going to kill your children, but he is going to beat them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't
6: believe him. Send him to my house and prove it.
5: Yeah, prove it, will you? (laughs) That's phenomenal. So he shows up a couple weeks before Christmas, and and one year I might be Schnickel, next year you might be it. And he shows up, and he'll open the door, and he'll say, So, are there any naughty children in here? And they'll say, Oh, yeah, little Davy Schrader over here has been pretty naughty this year. Oh.
2: So you say, Okay, Davy, come
5: with me. And he'll take him to the backyard, tie him to a tree, and beat him mercilessly with sticks. And the idea is that I will get Dave to fly right so Santa can still bring him gifts in a couple of weeks. And once he's been, you know, punished... You know, sufficiently for his his crimes and his disobedience, he can go back to his life, rub his sore bum and back, and get some gifts from Santa.
1: Wow!
3: Listen how sweet that is. Very <laughs> sweet. He wraps it all up after a brutal beating. You still get those gifts. You from still Santa. get a seven up, <laughs> and that's the rest of the story.
6: Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there? Has, I just there can't sit down. has there ever been a clear definition by any religion, as far as the Holy Trinity is concerned? That which is which? What, you know, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in, in in Catholicism. Which is the earth? Which is the sky? And which is the water? Have we ever has there ever been distinction there?
5: Oh boy, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a big question. And I, I, I mean, I, I think that that comes down to, um, you know, every religion is supposed to have some sort of honor for nature. Yes, the, absolutely, the land we live on. Yep. And that, and you know, you have to realize a lot of rules of religion have to do with just basically a a good society you know if you steal and kill Mm -hmm. then it's not going to be a good society if you pollute and destroy the Mm -hmm. land you live on you're not going to be able to stay there right Uh, so so some of our traditions that we we carry forward you know the unleavened bread if you're jewish that had to do with not enough time to let the bread rise right it it wasn't like let's do away with yeast it was there's no time we're in that much of a hurry so i i think a lot of these traditions um it, it, and it's it's sad because it's so long ago now that it's easy for us to just kind of reason it away. You know, well, we don't have to worry about the earth and the sky and the water anymore. We don't have to worry about ghosts anymore. We've explained all this stuff. Well, I don't think we have. And I think that's the reason that some of these legends just don't quite go away.
6: You know, I, I actually had a Native American guest on our show last week. And we were talking about the Native American perspective on the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about... Um, theology and religion. Yeah. And I said, "Well, how do how do you rectify religion with Native American culture?" And he goes, "They go hand in hand." And he goes, "In your Bible, how does God create man and woman from the earth? Mm-hmm. God the right. father, earth the mother, earth the mother." Yeah, and earth that is mother. And he mother. starts explaining this and that they they've been sympatical through all time and space. It's mm-hmm. really interesting. And he kind of lines up some of these points of how what the Native American culture believes in is just another version of Christianity.
3: It is, absolutely it is. And that's why I find it funny, and I'm not going (laughs) to go over the top with religion here, but I do find it funny that right now Christianity is being beaten to a pulp, and I don't know why that is. Uh, What did Christianity now do that, oh, you don't even bring that up? All other religions are honored, and and it's not just because I was raised Catholic, because I'm not a very religious guy, Jeff, and I don't... uh, Matter of fact, I'm not religious at all. If you want to know the truth, <laughs> but I just—I really notice that Christianity right now is like this evil religion to 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 kind of like the far left of the of, of the country. I don't know why that is.
5: I disagree. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I well, think good. that number one, uh, if you want to look at just pure market share, there are mm-hmm. more Christians in the world than anyone else.
3: Um, oh, you mean, in the United States.
5: No, in the world.
3: There are more Christians in the world than than Muslims.
5: All right, hold on. I'm googling. <laughs> <laughs> South America is almost all Christian. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Mexico. Yeah, 2.2 billion um, is is 31 percent in that, and when you add up oh. all the others, that's that's still more than. You're right. Uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the largest market share. So <laughs> said the radio guy. I like that. <laughs> so when you're when you're number when you're Coke man, Pepsi's gunning for you. <laughs> that's what and it I think is. That's part, that's part of it. So uh, and I, you're and right. I think, and in, in one of the fundamental problems, if you are going to be religious, I, I think about you know when Jehovah Witnesses come to my door, I actually um, I, I engage. I think this is an interesting opportunity. So right. I open the door and I say, look, stop whatever you're saying. <clears throat> you're you're selling something, and I might buy. And here's what I why I might buy. I want to know why your faith works for you, and I don't want you to use anyone else's words but your own." And often they'll say, well, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 3, I go, whoa, 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 whoa. that's someone else's words. Right. That's the word of God. No, no, but that's still someone else. Tell me why it works for you, and you just get this blank look. And I thought about how, like, man, Jehovah Witnesses must be a tight group, because how many doors are slammed in your face? How many people swear at you, tell you off? And you usually do this in pairs for safety, Mm -hmm, or, or trios. And they must just go back and be like this, the most tight-knit group ever, because they've been through some stuff. And if you, every religion has to sell that they're so oppressed, because it helps the flock. It helps keep you unified and solidified. And if you're not oppressed, you, you better find some. <laughs> it's no good being on top, right? You, you need to be the underdog. And I think that's why some people look for... Uh, you know, look for for us to be you know Christians to be oppressed. When in fact, I don't I don't see it. I've been a Catholic my whole life. I don't mm-hmm. feel it. I live in New England. My God, everyone around here is Catholic. No one you know no one's oppressed me. And I've traveled around the world.
3: You uh, live I've in been, Massachusetts.
5: <laughs> even in Massachusetts. Uh, no, in- no, no, no. <laughs> so do you live in Massachusetts?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do live in Massachusetts.
5: Too.
3: I mean, who's going to mess with a guy from Massachusetts? They're all Catholic. I mean, we, if there's one place that I would move, it would be to Massachusetts.
5: <laughs> well, come on down. we got room.
3: Oh, I, lo- I tell you what. I love Bostonians. I love Massachusetts. It's just I, – I, Jeff, I love – do you live in Boston?
5: I live just south of Boston. Okay. Uh, I Here, don't want to say where because we have a football team in our
3: town. Yeah, I've never heard of them before. No,
5: I, they, they, they do all right.
3: Never heard of them. Yeah. Uh, but what I love about Boston is uh, townies and southies, you're Irish, but you're the wrong kind of Irish. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And yeah. also, north, northern, uh, the north side of Boston is the safest neighborhood in the country.
5: Yeah, you know, so there's so much history here, you know, yes. between Plymouth and, and Native American history and, and so much stuff. And, and what I love about this part of the country, too, is that our old buildings are preserved. I mean, I could take you to towns where if we walk down Main Street, if you take away the traffic lights and the streetlights, that's what it looked like 200 years ago. That house was there and it was still red and yeah. that town hall looked just like it does now, yep. and, you know, and so on. And so you, you really do get a sense of connecting with uh, with, with some some roots that run pretty deep in, in this part of the world. And, and I, I think that's, that's wonderful. If, if we yep. lose our history, if we forget our history, we're really doomed to repeat it. And I think that's, um, that, that's a risk for anyone living anywhere. And so that's why I embrace these legends because yep. in some ways yep. that's the story coming back to the present.
3: I love the fact that the Sicilians and Italians now in North Boston tell their children if they don't behave, Whitey Bulger's coming back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> huh. I that still don't sense. understand why Italians let him into North Boston. I'll never understand it.
5: Uh, you know, it's, uh, Boston's a unique place, and um, <laughs> yes, you have is. to kind of go there to, to, to figure it out. It's like, it's like a big bowl of chowder, you know, and... Uh, Different ingredients make different results.
3: Jeff, we gotta have you on more often. You're a terrific guest. Dave said oh, you thanks. would be and, and I called him a liar. But yeah. now I find out he was telling the truth.
5: Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate a it. And I hope you survive tonight,
3: Krampus Knock. Good luck. Krampus Knock, good night, and Merry Christmas to you, sir.
5: Thank you.
3: Jeff Belanger, what an interesting guy. Yeah. We'll good be now. back. We'll talk about this right after this Tom Bernard Show.
2: No, I learned I learned a long time ago. Like I I, I think it's Whatever, whatever you're into, you're into. But I don't know, I'm not into that religious stuff where, uh... and this is why, I actually walked away from my religion, just, I had to be honest with myself. One, I didn't like to go I didn't like going to church every week, you know? I just didn't. Part of it was I'm lazy. I don't like getting up on Sundays. And the other part was, I already heard all the stories. Okay, (laughs) heard three, four times. The dude hasn't come back yet. You know, we're just sort of mulching over the same shit here. I got it. Right? And then the other aspect was, you know, I actually, uh, I had to be honest with myself, I felt my religion made sense and everybody else's sounded stupid. There you go. There it is. Bill
3: Burr
0: he had some great insights on that man oh yeah. there's no
3: doubt about
6: it. <laughs> yeah, when he goes after scientology
3: your religion sucks
5: <laughs> hey
3: that's how it was in my neighborhood though honestly god you go up and down the street i suppose everybody's neighborhood back in those days
0: he, his comment about scientology yeah. is, he says that happened when my dad was alive my dad said it didn't happen <laughs> it didn't happen it never happened
3: no i mean literally there were and when I grew up, there was a Catholic neighborhood, which was separate from the black neighborhood, which was separate from the Jewish neighborhood. I mean, there were very big cultural differences. Sure, and they everybody, still are. and there still are absolutely. But everybody thought everybody else's religion sucked.
6: So
1: they larry. still do. Yeah.
3: yeah, and they still do. That's exactly right. That's Honestly, what I get a yeah. kick out
6: of. I know you like the Marx brothers as well. Oh, I love the Marx. Brothers. And I read the Chico's book, right? Yeah, and and. It talks about how he start, got so good at the dialects was the way to keep from getting his butt kicked between neighborhoods. Right, So right. he would go between <laughs> neighborhoods, and he'd pick up the dialect. so he'd start talking to you in Yiddish, or he'd talk to you in Italian, or he'd talk to you in Irish with the, with a the lilt. And then they'd think he was one of them, and they'd leave him alone. Right. <laughs> and he kept going through the town. That was the way he would traverse the area. Um, Makes total sense. Yeah, so it's funny that that was his little... Uh, his little saving grace, right? I'll just mimic whoever I'm around, and I can't get in any trouble. <laughs> I, think,
3: I think pretty much everybody does that if they have the ability to do it. That's right? why accents
1: exist, really. Yeah, They absolutely. signal that you're from the same tribe.
3: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I speak more Yiddish than any Jew in Minnesota. I do. I mean, I learned to speak Yiddish when I was very, very young just by listening. You know, I didn't study it. I didn't nothing like that. I just listened to what they were saying. And, of course, the Jews all call the Catholic shickers. Which your drinkers are drinkers or drunks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really nice. Oh, you're going over to that uh, Shicker event? <laughs> Another Shicker event over there?
0: Shicker event.
3: you going to go get drunk with all the other Catholics? <laughs>
0: Very astute people. But those, but those neighborhoods, <laughs>
3: that's true.
0: But those neighborhoods still persist. Still persist. Sure. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they you do know, in Los Angeles in particular. They still persist in the, you know, really? the, uh, in Los High- Angeles. Oh, on Highland, it's all conservative Jews.
3: Yeah.
6: That extend, you know, yeah, they all persist. In fact, right, but it's not like it used to be where there was uh, uh, Irish town, Jew town. Yeah, no, it no, is. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, is. Oh, I, I don't no know if you kidding. use those terms. Yeah,
0: because there's, they're actually they call uh, the Japanese the Jap- Japan town, mm-hmm. Korea town, Korea China Korea town, town right? They, they're China, in fact, in Korea town. You know, all the, a lot of the signs are in uh, uh, in Kanji and then if you go up to uh, um, up to uh, Glen, um, oh, gee, Glendale, all the signs are in Cyrillic because it's Armenian. The, they have these huge intense enclaves all That's over. amazing still still to this day and the Russian Jews live up uh, on um, on sunset near Hollywood that's where there's a, the, the Jewish community is there. I mean, so it's you, you. So there's even subsects that have their own little community because you want to be around the people that believe like you, look like you, mm-hmm. talk like you, because you have a common thread. Sure, it's not that you hate other things. people; it's just you just have a common thread.
3: Yeah, well, that's exactly it.
0: East LA has all the, the huge Mexican population. People are speaking Spanish. You get the food there. It's everything is there.
2: It's still early on, right? But just the stories of how we got here and where we're going and what happens after we die. Everybody else's religion sounded stupid, you know? Like, I live out in Los Angeles. There's a bunch of Scientologists out there. And the first time I heard the story of Scientology, I was like, that is the dumbest shit I have ever heard in my life. Like, your, your guy's name is Ron. Ron. He wasn't alive thousands of years ago so you can hide a lot of it in the mystery this guy was alive like 45 50 years ago he had a driver's license <laughs> social security number there's like footage of him subbing his toe Motherfucker, right?
3: <laughs> bill burr is very funny have you ever uh, you minutes. know with as
6: popular as as <laughs> leah Remini show is have you ever talked to uh her sister about oh the yeah, Scientology she's in
3: the, the one in town here.
6: Yeah, yeah, Nicole.
3: Yeah, Nicole's great.
6: Has she? Have you ever had her on to speak specifically about the Scientology? Not issue?
3: about Scientology. You though. should
6: have her on because she's got a pretty unique perspective. That's you know, I mean, she's very much like her sister and supports the sister. But the mom and the sister, they all left that religion. Yes. Yeah, they did. And uh, it's pretty. Uh, I don't know. Last time weird. we had her on, she was in with Bob. Oh, they're this too. Yeah. You don't want Bob in with anybody. <laughs> no.
3: Not a good idea. But
6: well, last week he was in here, he almost looked like he wanted to kill somebody. Oh, God. Ooh,
3: oh, he ooh, was
1: loaded for bear. He
3: was, he was loaded for bear. <laughs> the, the eye tie was coming out in him, I'll tell you that. he wanted to kill somebody. Um,
6: I got the phone call. Dave, so I'm doing my show, and uh, Bob Sansavir shows up. I wasn't expecting Bob Santavir today, <laughs> no, Dave. I would imagine not. Neither we. yeah. were we.
1: Yeah, actually. he just kind of walked in. Yeah.
2: Yep. Hey, do we... No, I'm saying
6: you either.
4: what was that called? You're
1: like no, that I was know. an interesting day. No, it
3: wasn't really interesting. Yeah. That was interesting. Um, do we have all of Jeff Belanger's song? Did he send us the whole song? Yeah. Because no. I do want to play it uh, at the end of the segment. How long is it?
6: I think it's like three and a half minutes. Three, three? so I can
3: it's yeah. Krampus Day. We gotta play the Krampus Day song. Can yeah. we
2: play it? The whole thing?
3: Well he'd send it to us. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing naughty oh. in it.
1: I doubt no, I, mean, this... I doubt YouTube has a lot of Yeah. Okay. That's more unless it's like you know registered with a uh, Sony or something. No, he gave
6: it to us to play today specifically. Oh, okay. He right. said we can. Uh, well, but I mean,
1: he didn't publish it via Sony or anything, no. did he? Yeah, that no. is fine. Because okay. they get all whipped up about that. Man. Yeah, they sure do.
3: They it get is. all carried away about that. Whole. Well, that thing you know you can thank for that is uh,
6: the kids in their rock and roll music. Pu- Puddinghead or mm-hmm. what, what's his name? Puddinghead. The hell's his name? <laughs> Buckethead? <He> just,
3: <laughs> P Diddy.
6: There you oh, go. Yeah, Puddinghead oh, P- yeah, P- P- is, is a better head. name for him. is a better name for him.
3: I mean, he ripped off so many people to build his sure career. Did. That's why
6: we have all these laws now. Well, is it just him? There was a well, lot of he, there know, was a lot of the, the rap industry of... did that. Oh yeah. You know, like it was funny. I remember in the '80s when Run DMC started hitting, and they were doing the samples. They were kind of one of the first ones I heard sampling. Sample, yeah. And they they sampled the monkeys. Mary Mary. <laughs> That's and right. my buddy, I call him up, and I'm like, he's writing a book on the monkeys. I go, did you hear there's a rap song called Mary Mary that samples the monkeys? It's and unbelievable. And he goes, what? And he knew Mike Nesmith. And he calls Mike Nesmith, and Mike Nesmith goes, well, I'll be talking to my accountant.
3: Yes, I will be.
6: And uh, he made a big chunk of bank off of that that at first they oh, didn't I even s- think about it. They yeah. thought they were kind of back in that day, from my understanding. Yep. The rap artists thought, we're doing you a favor. We're making you relevant again. Yeah, oh, that's Which what they, they thought, did yeah. for air uh, for not air supply, Aerosmith, <laughs> for Aerosmith. Uh, with Aerosmith,
1: right? Aerosmith, they did. You that reignited the their career. Well, hey, everyone loves uh, "Smoke on the Water," right? <laughs> that's from what 1927 or something? Uh, I don't think it's that early. It's certainly before Deep Purple, though. That was Astrid Gilberto. Astrid Gil- oh, well, what's that was it was Astrid Gilberto? Yes. Is it
3: called Smoke on the Water? No. Girl from Ipanema, Part 2.
1: Well, it's called Maria Quiet. Quiet, quiet. I don't know how you'd Maria it. Maria Quiet. Something Brazilian. Well, I lo- that's how it's, it's how it's spelled, it's Maria Quiet. Sing. And she was born in 1940, so this would have been in the 60s in the 60s so yeah deep well, purple definitely smoke on the water was in the 60s yeah so they or heard that and 70s? were like well let's just do that how about
6: isn't it amazing to you how long a song will go like uh what's the the zz top song that uh i guess it was muddy waters they ripped off how 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 that oh, song LaGrange? yeah lagrange they did that and then it was like 30 years later and they're like Hey, that's our song. Hey, wait a minute! Way to be way to be topical, and here thirty years I, I, after it was popular and on the radio all the time. How did you not mm-hmm. know that?
3: I think basically they because they're talking about going to a horror house and listening to his music, but they don't bring that up in the song. No, but I, but, but that's like that whole beat it. of the song, yeah, the whole down, yeah.
6: right. That's all just a that, ripoff. That, 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 but that, I'll tell you, you know, even that, with that, that said, that, I, I was telling you earlier, I took my girls, my, my two young girls, to Jingle Ball last night. I don't know any of the, Kesha is like the only recognizable name I knew up there. Right. And I went uh, to for them, because this is a big thing, and I love music, and I want my kids to have that memory of music, too. Sure. So Absolutely. we went, and I'll I'll tell you what, I was still fascinated, because uh, these bands were fun to watch, they were interesting, and I'm just, I'm boggled by the fact that there are only so many notes and so many chords, and so much music I can know. come of that. How are we it's not true. stealing from each other
1: constantly? Kind of hard now. Sampling.
6: Yeah, right. Well, they're sampling, but, I mean, there's still new music that's constantly created. And some of it's going to dabble and bump into each other, I understand. But it just still feels... See, now, where I think there's a dangerous line is uh, the Blurred line song, that they were able to sue (laughs) because it was in the vein
1: of... Yeah, I don't know if it was close enough... To ju- if it was close enough to justify that lawsuit, right. then a lot of music is well, close Well, they enough. lost. Yeah, that's <laughs> they, the thing. They, they lost lose, that, yeah. that, that Millions deal. Of dollars. That sets a very dangerous precedent, I and think. And who was
6: it that they said it was they were stealing from? Marvin Gaye. Him? Marvin Gaye, right. To say that it was it was in the style of Marvin Gaye. Well, since when is that a yeah, really? a crime? I mean, there's different stuff. Marvin Gaye <laughs> doesn't own a style of
3: music. Pretty much everybody in the mid-60s wrote in the style of the Beatles. Yeah, right. really. <laughs> yeah. Or in the style the of style. Dylan. Or in the style of Dylan, right. exactly.
6: And then you've got the entire rock movement, which was just stealing from the black culture. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Which is funny. You know, one of my favorite songs, just a, a guilty, stupid pleasure song, was uh, uh, "Tainted Love." Love that song, but, right? But did you know that was an old 1960s girls song? No. Yeah, yeah. You, Andy, look it up on YouTube. The yes. original. It's like the Chiffons or something like that. The soft or really? just a cover. They just covered it. Yeah, and then that's why when they rolled over the extended version, mm-hmm. they start doing the. Um,
1: the Four Preps, recorded by Gloria Jones in 1964. Yeah,
6: can you play that at all, or is that? Uh,
1: can I? Let's see here.
6: It's it's pretty uh, pretty cool. But I was like, wow, I had no clue that that was an original <laughs> tune.
3: <laughs> but you you bring
0: up that thing of why why thir- took. 30 years for them to decide that oh they copied our song it's, it's just like the Chucker when he talks about what happens when the Grateful Dead fans <laughs> finally sober up what's that terrible <laughs> music
3: what does a Grateful Dead fan say when he runs out of pot what's that horrible music
0: <laughs> he, he was just sobered up they ran out of pot they stole our song All
1: right, let's see how oh. this if see if it, see okay, if it opens familiar <laughs> enough yeah
5: yeah, there you
1: oh, go. Guys. Oh, oh, it's oh great. This is the
5: same song.
1: It is beautiful. Run away. away. yeah, it's the same exact song. Get away. Yeah. Oh, that's a flat out ripoff. Yeah. Well, it's not a no, rip-off. They, just, they were they covering just it.
6: it. Oh, they did. Yeah. They, they were just covering a up. cover. For oh, I'm right? oh, But, but they like you listen to that off. and I, how many I songs no and idea. I if I had a Google list, I'll try to find it and send it to Andy for another show. But uh I've got a, song, a, a list of songs originally done by somebody else, but it yeah. be- became ragingly popular, and you never knew there was another version of it. No, that's it. Well, I'm like, sure um, There's a lot of them.
1: Like Mad World made, was made famous by that guy, piano guy. Piano guy. Billy, Billy Joel? Joe? No. <laughs> uh, Liberace? Gary Jules. Oh. Gary Jules is the version everyone knows, but it was originally by Tears for Fears. Thank but God. no one thought, knows that. I thought you said Harry Jules. I thought, oh, God. What's a uh,
3: Bang Your Head? What, uh, bang Your Head. Right. What is that it's, band? Um, Quiet Riot. Yeah, there you is go. Is
6: basically 10 years later redoing Slade's song. Yeah, that's right. And Slade was a pretty popular band. I like Slade. And they're right. They're a great band. But they never got to the popularity level. Yeah. But if you listen to um, Come On Feel the Noise by mm-hmm. Slade and mm-hmm. then listen to Quiet Riot they're almost indistinguishable. Yeah. It's in, and you're like, "Wow, I didn't even realize this was a cover version, let alone it was a cover version of another famous band." Yeah. So, I I love the that aspect of music and well, I understand sometimes you're going to just have to do covers. But I wonder what, you know, is there still a is there still songwriting unions that are I mean, are songwriters still very prevalent? I know they're nowhere like they were in the 50s and 60s. No, no not, probably not Most bands are, are important, but there's got to be somebody writing music for these boy bands and girl bands oh, and, and all that they stuff. They don't
3: write their own. I know that much. Andy, can you figure out, I mean, sharps and flats and all that stuff included, there are only so many notes how many different combination of notes can there possibly be?
1: Well, I mean, if you're talking about, like, literally just random, horrible sounding combinations of notes, there's yeah. billions <laughs> and billions. billions. No, we're and not billions. talking about rap
6: music. <laughs> <you? We're> talking... <laughs>
3: that's right. Sorry. <laughs> We've moved on. well oh, I agree with you. Send
6: your that. hate mail right to Ralph W. Basham. Ralph <laughs> at... W. Basham. <laughs> except, for, except for California Love,
3: because that's a song about being proud of your neighborhood, which I like that song. The rest of the garbage about how wonderful I am, and I'm the greatest, and we should have sex. It's like, ugh. No, I know. No, it's well, the, obnoxious. It's all you got.
0: Well, music is all mathematics, and it mathematics is, yes. is infinite. So, that's true. so that's the reason why you can have such a great diversity of uh, of sounds and music and tones. Right, you know? but
6: for songwriters to just, you know, it's like watching Amadeus, right? And you watch that movie, and and they're telling you how his mind worked, right. and he just yes. heard things together. That just that's astounding. It me. is great stuff. That is great, and stuff. that you could just hear this, and you know, no, this needs a violin, or this needs this. Oh, yeah. We will be back
3: in just a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard